what's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on One edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on Ones, what I like to do is interview people. Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs, or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Well, wait a minute. I guess you would consider this a Q on Two podcast. Hmm. Anyway, it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show and please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know, so the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Since the early part of 2020, life has changed as we know it because of COVID-19. A majority of people in this country no longer do the things they once enjoyed due to quarantine restrictions and or fear of getting the coronavirus. You turn on the TV and you see so many different opinions about how long the virus can stay on a hard surface or how long it can linger in the air. I mean, what are we to believe? Now, where I'm located in the state of Mississippi, we have counties that require you to wear a mask in public places. And now we're seeing Walmart, Best Buy, and other companies follow suit. But why? Is it truly, you know, does it truly help to prevent the spread of germs? Is it because it makes people feel better about themselves or feel safer? The only public public place I really go these days is to the grocery store. And I do wear a mask when I go, but am I putting myself at risk health-wise by doing so? Well, I want to learn more, so I've asked two people to join me on this podcast to get another perspective a perspective that isn't tainted by mainstream media or government influence. So without further ado, I would like to welcome from the Centennial State of Colorado, Tali and Dr. Tiffany to the Talk to Q radio show. Ladies, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. So glad to have both of you on. So um, can each of you briefly tell my listeners about yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, my name is Dr. Tiffany. I am a healthcare provider. My tra- my specific training is in chiropractic, and I've done extensive training on the immune system, nutrition, but also we also in um, chiropractic school, we have extensive training too in histology and infectious diseases. And I'm Tali. I am a former pharmaceutical sales representative with one of the largest pharmaceutical companies that actually is now involved in uh uh, creating this so-called COVID vaccine. And uh, I actually was sickened by our healthcare system, went back to school, studied herbalism uh, in order to heal myself. Now I help other people by educating them on natural remedies and natural ways to heal the body. I am a health, a natural health blogger and health consultant. All right, great. I appreciate that background. All right, so let's, let's jump right into it. And this is for whoever wants to answer this question. Um, why are there so many different opinions coming from the medical field on the spread of COVID-19? All right, so that's a, such a great question. You know, I really believe that is because 
And I really believe as a healthcare provider that it's incomplete and inconsistent data. Um, and really it's the job of the science-based minds to come up with the best conclusions and ask lots of questions, especially when the data is incomplete. And so like, for example, even in today's medical advances and science, I mean, you could go to 10 different doctors and possibly get eight, maybe 10 different ways and protocols to treat to treat something or a symptom or a disease that you've been diagnosed with. Um, I also think something else too is that when healthy people are quarantined, uh, which hasn't really been done ever in the history of uh, of the healthcare system or any really anywhere, to quarantine healthy people to get rid of a virus. And so, of course, there's going to be a clash of opinions when something like that happens with the amount of unknown that we have. Okay. So what's your opinion of um, Dr. Fauci, the director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious <laughs> Diseases? Well, I mean, obviously, it's pretty well known now the, um, the conflict of interest. You know, his, his company is actually giving lots and lots of money to Moderna, which is one of the t- leading pharmaceutical companies that's creating the vaccine, the COVID mm-hmm. vaccine. So you have to think that that is a, a big conflict of interest. He's the talking head for that and uh, has financial gains that, that are on the table um, with, with what he says. So also you know, remember back in March, he also said that um, he, now he supports masks, but there's been mm-hmm. conflict of even um, things that he said to take care of and slow the spread, or he, now they're talking about eradicating the virus instead of just slowing the spread. You know, he even talked about he's a proponent for not needing a mask right. back he, in March. He flip-flops back and forth. It just depends on who's going to throw some money at him. Wow. And I, I think that's where the the problem lies for a lot of people. There's a lot of inconsistency in the message, and it just confuses everyone. Um, now, for the people who do wear a mask, it appears that those who don't are simply just being defiant. Now, for years, we've been accustomed to seeing doctors wear masks and surgery and things of that nature. So it's kind of embedded in us that masks can lessen your chance of spreading germs. But do you believe that masks can slow down the spread of COVID-19? And if not, what are some of the alternatives? So with looking at the research, you know, if you're symptomatic, it can possibly reduce the spread of the droplets that are going into the air that you're coughing or, or um, if you actually are symptomatic, it can possibly. But um, with okay. looking at the research, so with looking at the research, though, with Dr. Russell Bailock, he's a well-known neurosurgeon, and he referenced a systematic review of the literature. literature. They looked at 17 of the best studies. Um, the, uh, in the studies that quote, in the systematic review, it quoted that none of the studies established a conclusive relationship between mask, respiratory use, and the protection against the influenza um, infection. There's actually been no studies done about um, about the uh, effect on transmission of COVID-19. Long-term studies, at least, too. And Q, you have to also look at the different environments. So masks are worn in a medical environment, in a sterile environment. Uh, with us just in Walmart or walking around or we see people alone in their car or jogging, you're not in a sterile environment. And so the idea that you're going to live in a bubble and protect yourself from bacteria, pathogens, viruses, anything that's out in the air, is just it's a fallacy. And it's also hindering our health. 
because believe it or not, we have something in our body. It's called the microbiome, and it's very important. It is made up of bacteria. So there are, there are bacteria in our system that are very crucial to immune function. And if we are constantly washing our hands, wearing a mask, social distancing, and, and taking these extra, extra precautions, it actually can damage our immune function because we need to be exposed to this, these bacteria uh, and, and, and these, these, these we, we have to be exposed to our environment. That's why we tell children to go play in the dirt. It, it increases our uh, this exposure. It's is actually helping to build. It's kind of, it's like weightlifting. So if, if, you're, if you're not out there, uh, uh, you know, giving your immune system that, you know, some muscle and, and, and letting it uh, build and lift weights, then it's going to be extremely weak. And that's what's going to happen when we talk about the second wave that's coming. Uh, our immune systems are not going to be prepared. And so, no, I'm not that person that's out there wearing a mask because there are other ways that you can help support your immune system. Think also of all these people that are touching their masks nonstop. So surgeons are trained. They know how to wear a mask. But people, I, I watch them at Trader Joe's, they're constantly touching their mask. What's on their hands is now all over their face that they're breathing in. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything your lungs are breathing out, you're rebreathing. Um, that could be if you are exposed to the virus, you're actually going to increase your viral load by rebreathing the virus in that can get trapped in the mask. Yes, and the air, by the way, is not. If you're thinking, you know, that idea that you're protecting somebody else, that's also a fallacy because, you know, the, the air that uh, it, it's going all over the place. It's not staying contained within the mask. That, 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 isn't, that isn't what's happening. Um, the air is going up toward your eyes, so you're now infecting your eyes. It's going around your face. It's coming up the side, so somebody standing next to you is now also uh, – uh, it, it, it's not doing anything. That's pretty interesting. I, I, I like the um, analogy you gave about about weightlifting and how we should be building up. I mean, even in this short period of time, it's only been about, what, four months, five months since all of this really started to um, impact the United States. Um, even in that amount of time, you think that people could have um, compromised their immune system even more by wearing masks? Absolutely. Anytime that you're depriving yourself of oxygen and you're breathing in your own carbon dioxide, uh, you are increasing your oxidative stress, which is going to put a a lot of stress on your immune system and on your adrenal, on your adrenal glands, uh, which and and it's putting people just on in emotional stress. There are a lot of people also who can't wear a mask because they have PTSD. They have a lot of anxiety. COPD, even asthma. Um, depending on, you know, because of the rates of hypoxia with those with wearing a mask for long periods of time. And staying inside also is uh, reducing your uh, vitamin D levels. Anytime your vitamin D levels are low, you're also now susceptible to uh, an, an impaired immune system. Okay. And, and that's where I'm going next, I guess. Um, what are some of the natural ways to fight against this? You know, how can we improve our immune system, get our society back to the way we were prior to 2020? Yeah, this is such a great question, Q, um, because I, I, you know, I really want to um, 
I, I know that so many of us have gone through so much emotional stress these past few months and um, all, you know, we really wish that we could go back to exactly how it was, in, you know, before all of this happened. And it's, there's been so much fear, um, tragedy, um, people have died um, and the fear and tragedy of, you know, coming back obviously and not going back is something that's really real. So that's the, that we're dealing with. Um, one thing I do really believe is that the, it's never going to completely go back. Our society is forever going to be changed. Um, and so I think really that's my opinion that we're, we're never going to go back, but we can only grow and be more prepared the next time. So I love it that these conversations about the immune mm-hmm. system are coming up. First thing that I, um, I would recommend to my patients is getting your immune system tested. One of the reasons why people, I believe, that live in fear of catching the virus and possibly, you know, ending in the worst case scenario is when they don't know how healthy the immune system is. So, yes, you can do all these things to support the immune system, but there are, certain, there, there are lots of things that you can do to support it. But also, I believe it's really important to get tested. So then you can also retest to make sure what you're doing is actually working. Working. Um, so the immune system panel that I really love is a CD4, CD8 count. Count that's actually used with HIV patients and AIDS to um, see and test the health of the immune system. That's a direct thing that any doctor can run. Okay, so you would actually recommend that more so than than testing for COVID. I I, I would assume. Yeah, if you want to test, right? You. If you want to test for your defenses, right? Yes, testing for COVID, you know, I'm glad that there is some testing available. However, that I believe that's one of the reasons why we're seeing so much of an increase in cases because we have more testing. The death rate, um, the CDC even says on its web- website that the death rate has fallen again for the 11th straight week. And all we're hearing about in the media is testing. Um, so yes, there's so many things that you can do to strengthen your immune system, but I think the very first step is to test it to see where you're at, um, test the immune system, and then support it in any other way. You can do a vitamin D test. I know mm-hmm. that Tally has lots of information about vitamin D. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, just the, the basis is food is medicine, and we need to really go back to our roots. And so eat organic, eat lots of fruits and vegetables. Uh, cruciferous vegetables are wonderful for immune function, green leafy vegetables, um, lots of fruits, berries. Um, reducing, uh, you know, not eating fried foods, reducing our carbohydrate intake, uh, focusing more on even complex carbohydrates or fiber, Uh, taking certain supplements. Vitamin D is very important. And when taking vitamin D, it's also important to take vitamin K2. And the reason why is because K2 works in the body as kind of like an air traffic controller. So it's direct. Uh calcium to the right places. It's instead of going into the arteries, such as atherosclerosis or causing kidney stones, when you take vitamin K2, it's directing the calcium to your bones and teeth. So vitamin D helps to strengthen the immune system. It's also important to supplement with magnesium because magnesium is needed for vitamin D's absorption. So magnesium should be taken later in the day. Magnesium is responsible for about 300 functions in the body as well as supporting immune function. So that's very important. And when you do get tested for vitamin D, um, the adequate levels, even though on the, the reference ranges are misleading in the test panels, the optimal levels 
for immune system function, according to the research, would be above 65 is really where I want to see my patients at when we do, mm-hmm. do vitamin D testing. And that what's great about this, too, if you don't want to leave your house, there's lots of online websites. I love drmercola.com, M-E-R-C-O-L-A. Um, dot com, and he has an at-home vitamin D test that you can do with just a blood spot at home. Uh, things like elderberry help support immune function, oil of oregano. If you're feeling that you're sick, you have a cough, cold, sore throat, anything like that, taking oil of oregano uh, will, will help uh, reduce symptoms and, and help stimulate and support your immune system. Echinacea also is excellent to take. Reishi mushrooms, vitamin C, zinc, all are supporting immune system. But make sure that you're taking good quality vitamins. You don't want, of course, vitamins from China. You don't want vitamins that have a lot of fillers, excipients, flow agents, and so forth in them. So you uh, have to do some research on different supplement companies out there and and uh, and take something of high quality. All right. This is great information that I'm getting here. And um, it's wonderful that you all have um, alternatives. And so uh, let, let me ask this. What's going to happen when a vaccine finally hits the market? Um, is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> um, well, well, here's the thing. It's been fast-tracked. We've all heard about it being fast-tracked. And so... Um, one thing to understand is that when you have lack of safety studies because something has been fast-tracked, then I, uh, there's always the risk of it having some safety issues. So that's the first thing to consider. Um, one of the reasons why so many people are excited about the vaccine hitting the market is the proposed herd immunity created by the vaccine. Now, I say proposed because they have to actually prove that, that that's what it creates is what's called herd immunity. And herd immunity comes from um, if a certain percentage of the population gets the the virus or develops antibodies against the virus and and recovers from it, then the vulnerable are protected. And this is something I've been saying for quite some time since everything started, is that if we can reach herd immunity, which um, there's word that, you know, was it Switzerland or Sweden? Sweden? Mm -hmm. I heard about um, Norway was doing that as well. Yes, yeah. some places are close to herd immunity. Um, now, for different diseases, there's different herd immunity thresholds. Um, right now, it's looking like COVID has a smaller herd immunity threshold from some initial research. They thought it was about 60%. Now it's looking at about 43%. So that's, that's really encouraging that if um, enough people in the community could naturally get the virus, anytime you bypass the different parts of the immune system with an injectable um, virus or an, with adjuvants with a vaccine, um, even though it's either a partially live virus or a particles of a virus, you're bypassing parts of the immune response. So you're, it's almost like taking shortcuts with the immune response. And so it's only going to create short-term, short-term immune resu- response, if any. I think also really the safety. I think we really have to focus on safety, and that goes for all vaccines. And most people don't realize that vaccines have not been safety studied in that they have not been placebo-controlled uh, with a, an inert placebo. So in order for, for tests to, you know, to test safety, just like a science project from eighth grade, you always had to have a control group that was that placebo, and it had to be inert, like saline solution, in order to test what, what it was that you were testing or sugar. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, well, no vaccines have ever been tested 
safety-wise with an inert placebo. So, uh, in other words, they've been tested against another vaccine or they've been tested with adjuvants. So, when I say adjuvants, I'm talking about the other ingredients in the vaccine. People don't realize that there's aluminum, formaldehyde, polysorbate 80, which opens your blood-brain barrier. It allows aluminum into the brain. Anytime you inject heavy metals into your bloodstream, it's going to go. It's a neurotoxin. Exactly. It's going to go directly into the brain. Um, there is also something extremely controversial in vaccines, and that is uh, fetal embryo tissue. Yes, so another human is being injected into your bloodstream, and people need to research this. And uh, look up all of the all of the coronaviruses that are um, vaccines that are being tested right now, and all of them do contain some type of fetal cell line. So the question, right, that you have to ask yourself is, well, what are the ramifications of these adjuvants? What will they do? And are, do, the, do the risks outweigh the benefits? And uh, when we inject a human embryo into our system, what will that do to our immune system, to our entire body? Or when adjuvants, you know, it's interesting that with the rise of vaccines, uh, especially the flu vaccine with seniors, there's been an exponential rise in Alzheimer's. And we know that aluminum plays a role in Alzheimer's. So all of this and, and autism. So all of this should be getting people to ask questions. What is in the vaccines? And not just to ask the doctors, because interestingly, uh, the doctors haven't been trained on uh, what exactly is in vaccines. They've only been, te- been trained on the vaccine schedule by the CDC. So if you ask your doctor, name five things that are in vaccines, chances are your uh, regular Western medicine physician is not going to be able to answer that question. So you, it, it goes on you. Take charge of your health. Do your own research. Start researching and asking the right questions and taking charge of your health. Okay. All right. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, this is stuff you don't get on mainstream media. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're very passionate. <laughs> I think we're very passionate about people, about everyone being educated. I will, and I'll, I'll say this, I'm, I will fight for your, if you're listening, I will fight for your right to wear a mask. I will fight for your right to get a vaccine because it's your right to make that medical decision. Anytime you have to make a medical decision about your health, whether it's a vitamin or taking a vitamin or even a medical decision that could harm your immune system or your body, then there should be informed consent. So education is key. Get educated and then make the decision for you and your family. And I can totally get with that. And, and that's kind of the purpose of the Talk to Q radio show to give a platform to all sides because a lot of times when people are watching television, they're watching one particular station and that station has its agenda. It's going to give you information the way it wants to give you information. And people kind of live their life based on that. So I like to try to throw out all kinds of different angles and perspectives so people can think, you know, I I mean, I've, I've told my listeners before, don't listen to me. You know, I can, I can give you an opinion, but that doesn't make it right. And so, but take the information that's being given and, you know, figure it out for yourself. Look it up for yourself and find out, you know, what works for you. So I totally appreciate the the information that you two are providing uh, for the listeners today. And so, all right, so last question. And, and Tali, I'm going to throw this at you first. 
Going forward, let's say you're in control of the country, you're President Tolly, right? What well, would you like to see happen <laughs> to help us get through this? I mean, what would be your suggestions on how we should go forward? I think the most important thing is exposing the truth. There is a lot of deception that's happening right now in healthcare, in politics, in corporations, in big pharma. I want the truth to be exposed. And the only way that we can do that is turn off the TV. So I think that that is crucial. Uh, you have to think the mainstream media is owned by big pharma. So there's a whole agenda right there, just as you were describing. So seek out knowledge from alternative sources. We're talking about, you know, there are doctors out there that are speaking out. You need to, and, and, and sadly, they're being censored. So you have, to, you have to do your research, but you have to do it quickly because, sadly, the truth is disappearing from our society and we need to preserve it. And so I am all about truth and justice and exposing the truth. I believe that that's my mission. That's why I worked uh, in Big Pharma. When I worked for them, by the way, I thought I was saving lives. I didn't know. I, 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 I had, uh, you know, the, the, the wool pulled over my eyes. And then I woke up. And so... It's very important right now for our world to wake up and wake up quickly. And the way to do that is do your own research. Don't be mind controlled by the mass media and find your answers. Ask the right questions, find the right answers. And uh, Tiffany and I are going to be providing you with some resources, so online links that people can look at. And hopefully that can just be a springing board for other uh, research that people can do in order to find their own answers. Okay, and I will make sure that those links are attached to the show page once this podcast is released. And uh, so same question for you, Dr. Tiffany. You know, going forward, you're in control of the country. You're president, Dr. Tiffany. <laughs> uh, what would you do going forward? Oh, such a good one, such a good one. Um, well, I mean, I love I love what Tally said with the with the um, – increasing the truth, making sure that the truth is really revealed so that people can make their best decisions. Also, that um, the, the country can have every single person is an autonomous sovereign being that can make their own decisions for their health care with information, with the right information. But the second thing I think if I could, if I could pick something there is I really believe that lowering the intake of sugar is probably the number one thing that I would help create um, alternative ways of people that could, um, instead of consuming sugar, consuming other healthy forms of something that can sweeten things like stevia, monk fruit, xylitol, things that won't raise your blood sugar. Because immediately after you consume sugar and carbohydrates, your immune system goes down and is not functioning to the best of its ability. So that's, um, that's really probably the second thing. I mean, that's, I know that's a, an idealistic situation. <laughs> um, but if everyone could make their own choices with that, we're, we would be in a lot better place. All right. Well, sounds good. You know, maybe you ladies should uh, get your platform together. You might get some votes in November if you gave it a try. <laughs> we, talked about that. we talked about that. Not not necessarily a presidential platform, but some sort of platform. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, I, I want to thank both of you for taking the time to join the T2Q podcast and giving your input on this COVID-19 ordeal uh, that the country continues to struggle with today. I wish the best for you two, and um, I appreciate the information you've delivered today. 
And uh, be careful out there because, you know, I've been watching the news. I've seen plenty of nuts out there confronting mm-hmm. other people about wearing mm-hmm. a mask or not wearing a mask and things of that nature. So it's, it's very volatile in society now. So, you know, I do ask that everyone be careful out there with whatever decision you decide to make. And uh, whatever decision you make, if it's to wear a mask or not, just, you know, respect the other person's right to whatever decision they've made as well. Tali and Dr. Tiffany, thank you very much for joining the show. Thank you so much, Thank you, And I hope that we can um, do this again in the future, under better circumstances, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you, you stay free, stay close to the truth, too. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.